I think the best way we should make uh, voting rights better is that you have to win a round of Fortnite to go vote. That's my uh, hot take. No. No. You're not going to laugh at anybody on that one. Yeah, that'd be a negative. Um. I, don't, I don't even really know what Fortnite is. Set up. Pick up. Kind of. You can't vote now. Homemade trap. I mean, it would bar a lot of these old fucks who can't even use a VCR from voting, which I think would change things pretty quickly. Um, pretty radically. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. Do you know how the internet <laughs> votes, Parker? Bodie McBoatface would be our president, except that it would just be Donald Trump and he would be wearing a costume. Like... No, what? <laughs> no, okay. To, to What's be able to vote, uh, Vin, you Vermin should, you Supreme would be our president. Uh, and maybe, and I'm not sure that that's enough. Everybody would get a pony. That's awesome, Adam. Yeah, I don't what know what you're talking you. Okay, but post-scarcity doesn't really involve, like, specific items. Like, post-scarcity is, like, a more widespread thing. Like, there's not well, enough ponies. Think, there's just there's not going to be enough ponies. Yeah, there For are, everyone, bro. there's 10 billion ponies. There's 69 ponies to every one person. That's, that's, I did the math. That, that's... It's quite a few ponies. Some some people say there's 420 ponies for every. No, no, every single no, person. I, I am I am furious. I. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can pull up the stats. It's like it's like houses, man. You know. Didn't you go to ponies.com for this cold open? Yeah. <laughs> Ponys.com. <laughs> Well, to complete our fucking idiot memory, I uh, this is all getting cut. So, are we gonna have anything for a cold open? I don't know why this you keep trying to do cold opens where you talk about normal stuff, Adam. <laughs> this has been the most agreeable we've been the entire evening, and you're like, many months has come and gone since I wandered from my home in those Oklahoma hills where I was born. Many a page of life has turned, many a lesson I have learned. Well, I feel like in those hills I still belong. Way down yonder in the Indian nation, ride my pony on the reservation in those Oklahoma hills where I was born. Now way down yonder in the Indian nation, the cowboy's life is my occupation in those Oklahoma hills where I was born. A, uh, another episode of Red Star. <laughs> I'm Adam Burnett, and this week we've got Parker Nelson and Carl Roberts on the show. And this is Red Star Over Oklahoma. We are a small political news podcast broadcasting about left Oklahoma. So this week we're going to be discussing the tragic killing of Jamal Khashoggi by Saudi Arabia in their Turkish consulate. Uh, and then we will be discussing uh, Elizabeth Warren's rather bold claim that she uh, uh, is a Native American uh, before finally, in Oklahoma news, giving out our Oklahoma State Question Voting Guide, and then, of course, getting onto the conservative reading list for the week. Um, so we'll just jump right in to national news. So this week, um, the Saudi Arabian military... Um, as far as all credible accounts can be uh, ascertained, uh, tortured and killed a, a uh, journalist by the name of Jamal Khashoggi. Um, this story has gotten weirder every day. Um, it has been um, not fun to see it develop. Um, 
uh, out of a little context, I uh, started journalism school in uh, 2013, and right around that time was when uh, Jihadi John was uh, participating with ISIS in a number of uh, executions of journalists in the Middle East, and... I can remember that being one of the first times I was really engaged with um, the ability of the internet to spread terror. And while this isn't an exact example of this, because this isn't state run, you know, this isn't this isn't really a terrorism op. They would really like it if everyone would shut the fuck up, actually. Um, but they're going to get their wish uh, sooner than later. Um, and- I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if the U.S. is going to keep being their veto. You really don't That's think so? That's what I don't know. I, 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 and so what, why I, why I kind of told... Not in the midterm. Yeah. In the short term, yeah, but not in the midterm. Yeah. That's what I mean. And, and, and see, that's the thing, though, is that there's been so many of the inter- these international incidents like this that just get swept under the rug. Just the news cycle moves so fast, and I think it's one of the... Yeah, but this Defining... one's this has been two weeks, you know? Well, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, you know. It can't. I mean, it they, they just can't, they just can't keep their hands out of the, the, the gosh darn cookie jar here. I mean, the no, Saudi, the, the crown prince ordered it. Like, I mean, we all know it. They picked him up. He went inside the consulate, or so he went inside the consulate while yeah, his wife wait, in, yeah. waited in her car. He went inside. They met him with a team of 20 people, including a body double, which, why do you need one of those if you're just having a talk mm. with a journalist? Oh, also, let's mm. not even get into the bone saw that they just have laying around their Turkish consulate because I guess that's a tool of negotiation in Saudi Arabia. Um, but then, so... There are multiple phone calls from the crown prince to the consulate, including a report of a, of a phone call where he spoke to Khashoggi. What, what, why, why can you not just hire? You know what? The CIA has black sites. They disappear people every day. We don't hear about it in the news. You want to know why? Because the ocean doesn't tell no tales. There's a lot of holes in the desert. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if he, even if he had gotten... Well, I get it would have been a lot easier if he. The, I think the big problem and the reason it stuck around is that it's a Wapo. He was a Wapo journalist, you know. Well, and, and they were it all was. Like, I mean, it, this is shit. The last this time, is one of our people, you well, know. And the last time this happened, and which when was why I mentioned that at the beginning was uh, that whole thing was Giotti John. I mean, there was a big fright put through the journalism community where it was like, um, okay, well, I guess we have to get people to fuck out, and also, why are seventeen people missing? Well, the other thing too that is not that long ago when MBS was consolidating power, he brought in some of his like third cousins or however the Saudi royal family were. I don't know. That shit's confusing. But he brought them into the the one of the big name hotels in Riyadh and chopped them up with a bone saw after torturing them, like three of them. And she was like, "Well, don't complain," you know. And that wasn't a news. That was a news story for like a day. People were just like, "Oh, Saudi Crown Prince dismembers family. Normal country. Good, strong ally." Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will never understand that. Fascinate. I, 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 I mean, I know it's the oil, but like, like I just don't even understand the optics of it. Like, do you remember when Trump 
went over there. Very first trip. All right. He couldn't even keep the optics together. He couldn't be like, guys, come on. You know, let's y'all get eight. Let's not touch an orb like Alex yeah, Jones. Exactly. Is okay. That was what and I was building to. to okay. Is that, <laughs> and then who okayed that photo op? Who was like, all right, now everyone put your irons on the orb of doom. Like this and then okay number to, one to they had to talk to here, yeah <laughs> well but then i mean it's just disgusting and then to stand out here and see him handering and mnuchin M- 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 how do you say the treasury secretary's name it's just mnuchin mnuchin oh, okay it's the exact same problem you're having just say it you just say how it looks man mnuchin well the whole thing with him not going to that event though I thought the most mask-off moment, there were two mask-off moments for me in this whole story that's happened, right? The first one was when Trump was like, it's a bunch of fucking money, though. Uh-huh. Selling them a bunch of money, and it's like, yeah, that's true. Um, a billion dollars, uh, however much, it's not the $100 billion you would say. It's not that much at the end of the day. You know, everybody talks... Uh, also, what money's big. the other mask-off... Well, yeah, also, it's like, uh, it's going to make... No, it's fucking not. That money... Somebody else will buy those weapons. We'll, we'll fucking buy them. The, the, the Pentagon will Look, buy those weapons. Yeah, and they'll sell back to themselves about, three times the yeah. cost. And, and everybody's talking about, oh, if we don't sell the Saudis weapons, then they'll just go buy them from the Russians or the Chinese. Like, which is yeah, like, no, they do already. No, no, they won't. Because... No, they don't. They don't because they use NATO stuff, and you can't oh, yeah. buy not you can't buy NATO stuff from non-NATO people. Like you can't go to the fucking Toyota dealership with your Chevy and say, "Hey, replace my carburetor," and they'll be like, "Yeah, go to the Chevy dealership, you idiot. You can't just change these parts like that. That's how it works. Like they have different calibers, they have different bomb connections on the bottom. I don't like, think we just, should let you talk about firearms. Like Why not? I used to be a, a gun nerd. Fuck you. But no, maybe it's true. not like, a like, good thing to have recorded and put out on the internet. That's perfectly fine. I'm not a gun nerd. I don't own guns. Uh, fuck you. And also, it's just this is like this is like a, a truth of the economy. You know, it's the exact same thing. Like when your washer breaks, you have to get brain. You have to get the 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 whirlpool replacement. You don't get the the uh, I don't know the the Gorenje replacement or something. You know, like. You need the parts that match up with the stuff you have. So they can't even go buy the weapon somewhere else. But that's the first mask-off moment, whenever you said that. The second mask-off moment, I don't know if you all caught this, but fucking Tucker Carlson was talking about Saudi Arabia, and he was like, why do we give a shit about this one guy who got killed when they're committing, like, genocide in Yemen? And, like, that was the other mask-off moment, you know? (laughs) Like, like... We're refueling. We we the arms we sold them previously. This is one of the craziest things, right? They made this argument. Saudi Arabia made this argument. Oh, we need to buy these new arms because they're more precise. And we were like, yeah, you all need to stop killing civilians now. And if you have the more precise weapons, you won't kill as many civilians. And then they just kept. They just killed more civilians with them more accurately. And, and no one's no one's talking about that. The only reason people are bringing up the fact that they're committing a genocide in Yemen, causing the worst famine in a hundred years in Yemen, it gets brought up as like, well, we shouldn't worry about the fact that they dismembered a fucking journalist in a, a foreign country and just thought it was fucking hunky dory. But hey, let's give a big clap to Senator Chief Erdogan 
Ergdog be out there not shitting the bed for the first time. How long has it been for him? He gets he gets to put that little political, you know, days since political crisis. He gets to put that little check mark up tomorrow morning. Because guess what? They warned him. <laughs> not this time. No. It wasn't that long ago that he accidentally published the election results two days before they voted <laughs> or that his thugs beat up a bunch of journalists in new york city or in washington dc yeah. <laughs> they had like a, a running fist fight with journalists in dc and everyone's just kind of like, hey you know what <laughs> say what you will about the man but at least he just beats them up in foreign countries instead of dismembers them with phone sauce <laughs> Yeah, oh. but I mean, he's now, he's got to have... be the happiest. Little... He gets to go to all of these meetings about this, and he gets to be like, he was bad. How often does he get to be the witness and not the defendant in these fucking meetings that he goes to for NATO, where he now oh, finally no gets to go, ooh, look at me. I didn't do nothing wrong today. I give him two weeks no. before he executes he just, like a series of like choir children in like downtown Los Angeles or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, I give him a week before he lets ISIS go murder a bunch of Kurds, then blames it on Kurdish people and then bombs, uh, bombs Syria again. And I was just like, yeah, what do you want to, what, what are you talking about? We had to invade he, Africa. He, he already ISIS did that. Like that's the- already something he's like... <laughs> currently doing the middle east is so fucked up right now that right now <laughs> yeah no it, it, it's a the whole syrian war has made it so fucked up because you have turkey working with isis against al-qaeda who's working with saudi arabia against the pyd who's working with the u.s and the u.s is allied with the other two countries there and the u.s accidentally gave isis a shit ton of stuff back in the day and is still supplying al-qaeda in pretty directly in syria and then but on top the, of that we're here's the thing i could pull up the wikipedia page for the iran crisis in 1980 and say all that same shit like just as long and complicated of co- connections no nah, that was easy iran was very straightforward iran was very straightforward what? in the 80s yeah, it was it was de- with the Russians invading Georgia and us handing a stinger missiles to jihadis who later became Al Qaeda. That's not the Iran crisis. That's the Afghan war. Well, I know, but what years that were was, those? That was that was simple. There were there were two there were two there were two guys. There were two two teams. You were on one of the teams, and that was it. And nowadays it's like there's fucking fifteen teams running around, and everybody's friends with people who their friends hate, and it's just. Ah. But you know, Erdogan, the second those guys landed on that plane, he just got the biggest. It, it was the best he's felt since the coup in 2015. He was like, oh, we got something here. And yeah, let's not forget that he just came came through a successful one of those. He probably orchestrated one of those. <laughs> he definitely might have done that on purpose. Now be careful, Carl. Very real chance you can't go back to There's the a- you can't go back to the the the, the uh, caucus states now. Uh, no, I can. I just can't go to um, Azerbaijan. They, they they won't let me in. When was I gonna go to the Caucasus states? Come on, I don't need to buy nuclear weapons off some guy that sweats pierogies and vodka. In Georgia, I don't, I don't, I don't have any interest in that. It's not um, my, it's not my jam. I do think you have some interest in telling us a little bit about how you feel about Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> I think that was the dumbest thing 
anybody's ever done to announce the running for the presidency. Like, you can, everybody's probably read what the Cherokee Nation has said about it. I'm going to leave that stuff alone. That They could talk about that. You know, I... I think we all know white Oklahomans that are very white that say they're native and that we all know it's kind of bullshit. It's all that whole thing is kind of bullshit, but I'm really nervous about what it means because I also was alive whenever Donald Trump started the birtherist movement himself. And it didn't matter that we could prove it wasn't true. Like it, you could still go talk to your grandparents. Parker, you could probably ask your parents if they think Obama is an American, and they'd say no. Like, uh, they totally believe he's, like, a Muslim. I mean, yeah. they, they, <laughs> my, my parents are devout Tucker Carlson and ironic watchers, so they, they, they miss Bill O'Reilly, they miss Glenn Beck, but it won't keep them away from, you know, their Kool-Aid. What about Papa Bear and, and Mike Huckabee? Like, <laughs> mm. Would they okay, Mike Huckabee... Mike Huckabee, underrated comedian of the year, number one. Uh, Best they love. Now. They actually love Sean Hannity way more than they love Mike Huckabee. Oh but, man, uh, Hannity, Hannity, uh, I, like you can put his show, cake. you but you could put his show on. You could put Alex mm-hmm. Jones's program on. You could put Joe Rogan's program on. And who's the really vulgar guy? Um, Rush Limbaugh. No, the guy from. God damn it. Jordan Peterson isn't vulgar. I don't know. We're running out of names. That's fine. Move on. Getting cut. Well, yeah. (laughs) So you put them next to each other. I don't know what your what your point was. I was trying to let you finish. Yeah, they were all exactly the same. Oh yeah. Yeah. You got to nuance yourself in the uh, the the line of uh, angry white conservative. The last one was the joke. Um, Howard Stern. God damn it. God damn it, Adam. Uh, yeah, no, you guys I, were all a bunch thing. of fucking help, Jordan Peterson. Well, yeah, we didn't know where you were going with it, fam. Okay, let's go back. Let's go back to the story. I don't know. Like I was saying, Parker, like, y- you can take any of these people with, with massive brain worms that just have no connection to reality. You can legally prove something is true, that Barack Obama was born in the United States and is an American citizen by birthright. And it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. You know, if you want to prove you're a native citizen, you don't get a DNA test. As the Cherokee Nation put it, DNA tests can't even differentiate between North and South America right now. So it's, it's not exactly, it's not up to par with that. And that didn't work. And that was like an entirely legal category with Obama that was proven legally and was done with, you know, because... It's just these people have brain work. It doesn't mean anything to them if you say that, because you could say you could you could you could say, look, your dog shat the bed and your dog could be dropping a fucking log on it. And they would say, no, no, he didn't. The fucking Jews did or something, because that's how conspiracy theorists people are. And, and that's what Donald Trump is. And, and you're never I don't need you be to disparage people... conspiracy theorists like this, actually, <clears throat> sir. Um, number one, Adam. Yes. Uh, okay, I take that back. Uh, I did watch uh, Loose Change. This is entirely true. Changed my entire mind. There's nothing better than cropping out the part of the photo that proves you wrong. Uh, to, to That's make a, point. a fucking um, tactic, bro. And not only that, but it's an artistic <laughs> choice to focus the mind on what is actually going on. <laughs> and not only that, going on. but when I Photoshop pictures... Never mind, I can't make that joke. Moving on. But, I mean, the thing is, number one, like... The proper way to deal with this shit is to just say he's lying and leave it alone and 
Elizabeth Warren provides a compelling narrative about what's wrong with America. And if instead of just doing this inane bullshit where she releases this dumbass campaign video, she could have done that. Um, number two, uh, she's never like like you could just make it like it's extremely racist to call me Pocahontas. And like the guy was doing it at like, a Navajo code talker veteran event and nobody got mad about it because it doesn't matter. Donald Trump could say whatever the fuck you want. And there's going to be 10 or 20 percent of the population that just believes it. And you could show them the receipts and they don't care. They're going to and you're not going to win them over by that. So you don't you don't get people by doing the whole like it's high school debate and I proved you wrong or something or like, oh, look, but you're like, it's just it's not how politics works. And it's so terrifying to me because i'm you know the thing that happened this week where the trump administration get illegal to like like have somebody be a birth certificate to match up with their gender identity or like the fact that when they do that there's going to be something uh, some percentage of the population that's born intersex it's not going to be able to get an accurate birth certificate because of this fucking insane bullshit they're doing and I'm sick and tired of him being president. And if this is what the Democrats bring, we're going to get him again. And it's just, it, it's terrifying to me that this is supposedly one of the front runners. And she literally just somehow did not know about the birther movement. Like she just was not that that happened and that it didn't mean anything that you can prove it. And I'm I'm just scared. That That's why I wanted to talk about it, because I'm scared. I'm deep. Oh, I mean, I see this. The same inane bullshit again when the election comes in 2020 and Donald Trump is going to run again. And because the Democrats can't put up anything of value or anything useful or anything that even is like knows what happened four years ago. And we're going to be fucked with him again. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. And I'm sorry if you're this stupid, you can't run for president. You can't. You don't. You're not going to be able to beat him. OK, <clears throat> number one. Watch Donald Trump try. He might run as a Democrat. I'm really excited about what, like, Carl, you're so gloom and doom, buddy. Think of this as the greatest game show ever, and instead of, like, dying slowly at home, you're going to die really fast and it's going to hurt. It's like hitting a wall. You're just going to hit it so fast it'll be over before you know it. I'd take the wall. That'd be kind of cool, you know? He's got to go, on a, go out in a blaze of glory, you know? I really feel well, like this is now turning I was going to make a joke about, like, flying a plane into the ground, and then I was like, maybe going straight into flying into planes is not good. Yeah, no, you're already <laughs> kicked out of Azerbaijan and Turkey. We're going to get you kicked out of a couple other countries by the end of this episode. Hopefully the U.S., by God. I will never get kicked out of the U.S. Never. You oh, cannot make me leave. Oh, please. Please make that. Please. Oh, no. If you want me to leave the U.S., you just do the Obama thing where you drone strike an American citizen. It's fine. It's totally legal. Nobody gives a shit if you do that. Apparently, that only happened three times while he was president. Not not a not a not a you know, not a bad precedent to set. Right. Well, Trump <clears throat> hasn't abused that for any reasons whatsoever at all. For no reason. He hasn't he hasn't used that, those same mechanisms to do that same greasy stuff. But anyway, I think we're going to move on swiftly to Oklahoma news for the week. And like I said earlier, we've got a little bit of a uh, showcase here of uh, the uh, state questions coming up and what the, st the show's recommendations for it are. Uh, we kind of talked previously about our opinions on voting and 
that you should, but you should only vote for, you know, people you feel truly compelled to vote for and settling isn't something we necessarily choose to uh, advocate too hard. Um, but what I will say is, is that like Carl, I know, I know Carl has said it before, is the state questions are a great place to exert your political influence no matter what, because you can get to yay or nay. Yeah, you can always get to yay or nay. You can always, you know, they're really important. You don't have to worry about the candidate or something, you know, and if, if it's, if it's a good idea, it's a good idea. And if it's a bad idea, it's a bad idea. It's that simple. You and know? there's like a 20% chance that the legislature actually puts anything into action that the people vote in. So you're really rolling yeah. the dice if anything even happens. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Um, but it's worth trying. People get really mad in Oklahoma. This is, I, I'm going to talk about this uh, on uh, state question 798. Like Oklahoma has a proper populist streak like if we do pass state questions and people try to fuck with it people get pissed even people that voted against it you know yeah, and that's something they actually I like did they, yeah, they, they actually even did the people, get pissed yeah even the people that voted against um um state question 788 whenever they were based whenever the health department or the board of health it was came out with those jack jackass um rules they were like we we voted against this, but this is a fucking joke that you all would do that. We all knew what it yeah. was about, and that's yeah. a good thing. So, well, I, I my my bigger my even bigger one was the criminal justice reform that they literally were just like, yeah, no, yeah, but that one nothing. And happened. people got mad about that. It, that no, some people stuff, got mad some about stuff that happened eventually, but they never put into effect the law. They put into effect an amended version, which like they always yeah. put in effect an amended version because that's how legislatures work. But. I was still, but I was still mad. There are a couple provisions that I know weren't on there, and I'm still frustrated about. Yeah, and it's bullshit. Um, but on the first state question, state question 793, the legislature can't really change it. Um, this one is about the right of optometrists and opticians to practice in retail establishments. Um, this one, uh, like state question 794 and state question 798 is a constitutional one it's a higher bar to get it on the get it on the ballot it's a lot of a higher bar compared to a regular state question and it's also a lot harder to change and that was a problem i think with the criminal justice reform is that it wasn't a constitutional mm. amendment and it would have been yep, yep and it yep. shouldn't have been it honestly it honestly shouldn't have been no, and this the legislature shouldn't have done but they're doing it because yeah. of the problems they had with the criminal justice reform that's the whole, that's that's well, why you see so many of them is because they're trying yeah. to in, in, like yeah. entrench them so that they're they're more but, difficult because it's easy to get the, it's, easy, it's it's easier now to get the the requirements for a constitutional amendment than it was in the past to get one for uh you know just a, a normal one so it's easier now yeah but the, uh, this one um the reason it's a constitutional amendment is precisely that so that the legislature can't fuck with it and this is an initiative that's getting pushed by walmart extremely heavily and on its face it, love like, looks, me the wallies yeah the fucking walton family throw them in the ocean Arkansas. and leave them be Hey, come on now! Um, they're they're bringing revenue to a to a a, a landlocked neighbor. Okay, fuck Arkansas. I mean, you know when why Louisiana over... doesn't go into the ocean because Arkansas sucks. <laughs> fuck you! Right, wow, get out of here, old person. It's really offensive and uh, not my point of view. So, yeah, I'm sorry, Arkansas. You're not Texas. You're actually okay. Um, you're AR. But, but state question seven ninety three would allow eye doctors 
mm. to practice in Walmarts. We've all been in Walmart Supercenters. We all know how that is, right? You have the main store, and then you have some storefronts um, at the front of the building on the other side of the checkout line, right? Like a McDonald's or like some like place where you can get your nails done, and there are very questionable labor practices going on, right? And the whole idea here is to let optometrists and opticians do that. And I think there are, there are three problems with the state question. You should vote no on it. Uh, the first problem is that it's a constitutional amendment. Um, and that makes it essentially impossible for the legislature to go back and fix if something's wrong, because that's a really high bar to pass. That's bad, because if we find out this is yeah. a city, um, it's going to be super hard to fix. Exactly. Um, and please don't include Walmart in, in the Oklahoma Constitution, please. I yeah. understand we're trash people, but we're not, like, ugh. Including them in our state constitution trash. Well, like, wouldn't it if if I'm if I'm not misunderstanding, you would be able to also open them in places like um, like you know how there's a lens crafters in the mall, but you can't go to yes. the optometrist at the at the lens crafters in the mall. Now yes. you would it be would, able it, to. It would right? it would be like that, and that is like on a certain level that would. I'm kind of I think that's a wash on a yes or no. If that's a good thing, that's a good thing because. Right. You know, you can offer more services. It would be nice to be able to go where you're going to get your glasses and have that all happen under one front. But you already and did. I still think you need to put it into context mm. of Walmart is such a hege hegemonic behemoth, right? That like they don't pay their workers a living wage. Like yeah. you know, like that, we're they're get trying to, to market it as you know, like that. That we're going to get to that. That's that's that out the window. That's my third problem with it, and we're going to get to it um, because right. there's some specific language in there that that really does create that problem. But on the second point, the reason I think it's a wash is because. For those of us living in cities, right, if you live in one of the big metro areas, it does make a ton of sense that your optometrist or optician should be able to be in the lens crafter, right? Then you go, or, or whatever place it is, you go, you get the eye service there, they will be able to help you get the glasses you need, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you don't have to travel as much. That makes sense. That's kind of good. The reason it's problematic and the reason I think it's a wash is because while that would be good for us and two-thirds of Oklahoma lives in a metropolitan area, right? Mm -hmm. um for small towns that's bad because you can have what could, what would most likely end up ha happening is that all the optometrists and opticians would move to would get outcompeted by optometrists and opticians in walmarts essentially you know maybe family dollars i don't know well it's the like same thing i mean it's do. the same thing that's going to happen <laughs> with every um little liquor store in oklahoma right now I mean, they're all yeah. gonna. They're, they're, every every little liquor store in Oklahoma right now is gonna close. Like, it, they, there may be a couple that hold on for a little while, and there might be some big specialty stores that that stay. We got Byron's, boy. Yeah, we Byron's gonna Byron. be fine. Byron's will be fine. Like, the, there's a place in Norman called the Cellar, and it's like a warehouse. It's not going anywhere. They well, they, they and, sell and, and, all and kinds of specialty wine. And they're they're not. And going the anywhere. thing is, in, in the big cities, like liquor stores. You know, the, the liquor stores like that are going to be fine because they get enough traffic anyways. The problem is the same one in the rural communities that mm. it is with optometrists and opticians. 85% of the state. Well, that like that that one out of every three Oklahomans that live in a small town, you know, the, they're not going to be able to compete. And so you're going to see a continuing a continued hollowing out of those small towns. So you're going to see people essentially forced to leave their rural communities. That's already going on. There's already pressures there from other places. And especially the big deal is rural hospitals closing. Um, that's killing communities. But this law, state question 793, would also help drive that because, you know, your overhead is cheaper if you're an optometrist or an optician in a Walmart because 
you're renting the space. You don't have to run the building. You don't have to do all of that. It can work better. And while those efficiencies are nice and good, it's going to hurt small towns. And I'm agnostic on if small towns are going to be able to survive the big change that's going to have to happen for us to fight off uh, the climate killing everybody by 2030. But, you know, I don't think that we should be actively destroying those communities in this way. Because the third point, and the third one was something you were already getting at, Parker. Um, the language in here would allow the retail establishment where the optometrist and optician practices to decide what services can the optometrist and optician can offer. And that's the really scary part, because otherwise I'd kind of be like, eh, you know, I'd be like, this, this has some bad things and this has some good things. Um, There's but- a Walmart in every little town, but, you know... That, that's you know one of my things on this is that you know that that I I completely agree with the hollowing out of small towns, especially like driving independent business out, and especially like long term business where you have you know someone who's been the optometrist in town forever, and then now they can't make a living. Um, well, and the thing is, the other thing because of this, you know, everybody basically said you didn't need to include this. Like, why did you include this in Walmart's defense or the people shilling for Walmart that are running the campaign to? Uh, vote yes on state question 793 are saying well it's in the law but we're not going to use it and it's like if it if you weren't going to use it if there wasn't a point your lawyers wouldn't have included that language like they don't get paid to put extra shit in like that and so what would happen not only that but like one of the key factors of um uh legislative uh of judicial readings of legislative bills is to give full, full and complete effect to every word, and I've read and tons of court cases that have determined that have been determined by single individual phrases. And the thing is, the thing is here is that it's like since they included it, they will use it in the future. And the really concerning thing is that for one out of every three Oklahomans that would suddenly see the only option because just economies of scale make it this way where they could go to the eye doctor would be Walmart. And so already we have the problem where you might have to drive an hour to go to the eye doctor when before there's a chance you didn't have to. I'm not saying that every small town has an optometrist or an optician or something, but that would end no matter what, if this passes. And then what you could see happen is Walmart saying for us, it's not profitable for you to offer certain services. So now you can't offer those services. And then those people are going to have to drive to Lawton, Tulsa or Oklahoma city. And and there won't be another place where it makes sense for you to have LASIK or something. And that's really scary because that's going to mean that for one out of every three Oklahomans there's a very real chance. They will lose access to basic healthcare for, for their eyeballs, you know? And so it, it's a really hard no from the show. Very opposed to this. I think it's very bad. Um, and whenever you talk to anybody about it, you should tell them that. Tell them, no, it's wrong. Um, do we want to go on to the next one? Yep. Yes. This next one is a mar- – it's also a constitutional amendment. Uh, state question 794. It's Marcy's Law Crime Victim Rights Amendment. Um, what this does – And, like, the fundamental idea here is that crime victims should have rights, like, I I don't understand who they're supposed to have rights like. Um, If I may, if I may, I have had a fuckload of discussions about this uh, amendment, as you guys can probably imagine, since I do some work in, uh, in, in a world affected by this. 
Uh, and um, it has been amazing to me because like this is just a complete misunderstanding of what the civil law system is. You get all these rights in the civil law system. You get every single thing that they're asking for. But the criminal law is all based off of the idea that the sovereign gets its power from God and that they are the ones who enforce moral crimes. And so there is no there is no victim in the criminal justice system as far as parties go. I mean, sure, you can well, have them they, on as a witness and there's some victim impact stuff now, but they, they're not, they, they, they have very few rights and all this does is further bloat and congest our already overly bloated and overly congested criminal justice system. Well, just a massively overworked criminal justice system too. And I think one of the important things, like we don't, you know, one of the one of the grossest things about a criminal justice system is that the system of cash bail keeps people in prison when they haven't been convicted of a crime because we don't have the the time. We haven't spent the money to, like, have people get, uh, a, you know, the fair and speedy trial that they're required in the Constitution. And one of the specific things that it says in this constitutional change that this uh, state question uh, wants to do is this. Um, <clears throat> oh shit, I literally just had it in front of me. It's about how, okay, it's about how the victim should have the same rights as the accused. Um, and what? I think this is, yeah, it, it literally says that. That doesn't mean anything. Change. That's gibberish. That um, might as well say uh, the, 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 the victim gets to be the king of the castle <laughs> when they are in the courtroom. Okay, like that, doesn't, that means absolutely nothing. Let me, let me read this specifically out. Um, a victim of a crime shall have the following rights, which shall be protected by law in a manner no less vigorous than the rights afforded to the accused. The important thing about this is the reason we afford rights to the accused in any system of justice that pretends to actually matter is that if you're accused, you didn't do it. Even if you did do it, the whole system is designed to, 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 be, to exist in such a way that you have to be able to prove very, very sh assuredly, even if that's not how it always works, but you have to be able to prove that the person committed the crime in order to justify taking away these people's rights. And that's why we have that, because accused people, you know, Oklahoma is still a state that has execution. Accused people in the state of Oklahoma could face getting killed. And so our justice system is designed to say, we got to really be sure about that. Even if that's not how it works in, in practice, that is like the fundamental idea here. And that's just not the case with victims. Like these are two classes of people that are, are, are markedly different in that sense. And it's really kind of scary to say that they should get that. Um, so on top of the bloat, that's scary. And some of the things that this does here, some of these make sense, I think, are good, right? Um, like adding a right to reasonable protection, that's true. But there how, how are you going to affect stories that? How are you no, gonna... there have been recent. I understand that, but there have been recent news stories where, like, a guy who was sexually abusing a, a a child moved into the home next door to where the child was living after the guy got out of prison. And it's like that's kind of shady, you know. But yeah, you're right. How are we going to? There's already that with a our federal mandatory reporting for sexual <clears throat> criminals, and that seems like yeah, that was a major oversight because that's not supposed to. Well, happen. yeah, but but there was nothing that they could do legally about it for some reason. Um, and it's like that. Okay, maybe that's problematic. But some of the other stuff, right? Expanding the court proceedings at which victims have the right to be heard 
that goes directly wasting against intern time. why. Well, not not just wasting intern time, but it goes against the the fundamental idea of our criminal justice system that you did not do it until you go through the process and we prove you did. Yeah. And right. so it tilts the system away from what it's supposed to do, which is say you didn't fucking do it unless we can like show a video of you doing it or something Reasonable equivalent doubt. to that, right? Um, <clears throat> another thing, like adding a right to proceedings free from an un- unreasonable delay, that's, that's a con- true, sure, that's, that's fucking That's in the Bill of Fucking fine, Rights, but all But right. that's in the Bill of Rights for the accused, yeah, because that's about the accused. It's about saying you're not going to rot in prison while you haven't been proven to have committed a crime, you know? So we don't, that's not even necessary. Uh, something like this, adding a right to talk with the prosecutor, I don't, I don't like that. You're just, because, you're, you're just wait like, like, what is, like, they already yeah. have a right to talk to the prosecutor. They can already come up to the office and call and leave notes and request meetings. They can do all of that. So yeah. if this is like, making they have it, like, a right to do that. Uh, like, yeah. like, but not only that, but then if, so let's say a prosecutor doesn't show up and just says, fuck you, I'm not going to come. Who do they sue? Do they sue the individual prosecutor? Do they sue the prosecutor's office? Do they sue the attorney yeah, do general? They sue, sue the do they, do mm-hmm. they sue? Yeah, do they sue the state of Oklahoma? Do they sue the you know, bar association? What the, what the fuck? Who's responsible for that? Like it doesn't. It's just gibberish. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, another. Like, you know another this is a. You know this 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 Marcy's law is a is a program, and they're going from yeah. state to state they're passing this state shit. Yeah. Sorry, I, I have been worked um, up about this because, it, it's like I said, it, it impacts what I do, and it's just such – it's just <laughs> gibberish. It's literally gibberish, and it's going to pass. The last thing here is allowing victims to refuse interview requests from the defendant without a subpoena. That's fucked up because the defendant – Also right. illegal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, also you can do that. Like, right. like you can do that. Illegal. No, it's, it's, it's not. I mean, if they don't have a subpoena, they don't, they don't have to cooperate. You can already say no. But if you have a subpoena, you have to cooperate. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have victims. Purpose of subpoena. Can we read definitions, please? Literally, subpoena means under penalty. Like, what do you you, you, think? Like, the reason defendants have a right to know who their accuser is is so that people from the shadows, people can't pull a Peter Thiel and just ruin your company, like he did with Gawker. Or not, um, not just that, but who were the uh, the 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 old boys in? Wasn't it uh, old uh, Benedict uh, Arnold who got convicted on anonymous reports? No, he was just a traitor. He just did that. Yeah, but I thought I thought that they had uh, they they that you had to have eyewitnesses, and the eyewitnesses never came forward. Oh, I don't know. Maybe that could have been a thing. But yeah, it's like the reason those kinds of things exist is because what we do to accused people if they are found to be guilty is bad and not something that should be done lightly which is why those people have well and it's not it's not it's also one it's not something that the the victim is doing it's not something that has anything to do with the victim what the state is is doing is is punishing immoral action as defined by the state and and guess what if you want to sue them and you want to get all this stuff, you want to get them heard, you want to get you want to get them punished as bad as you can get, and you want to get totally made whole for everything that happens, and you want to hold their feet to the fire, that's what civil court is for. Guess what? We have to prove in a prosecutor's office beyond a reasonable doubt. It is really pretty difficult to get there. Be really honest. You can have a reasonable doubt about just about anything except reality, and so it's very difficult. 
And and that's but, why but, accused people have rights and but, victims but, suffer but, no, harm, sure, but but, but like no, the one in the civil something law, that's not included here for me that's really important is that Marcy's law does not include the right to restitution, right? Like fundamentally, if somebody steals something from you, the harm that's happened to you is that you lost access to that, for example. If Marcy's law had something that's like they stole your washer, they need to provide you with the washer, provide you, I'd be like, that's actually pretty fair. But they don't even do that because because that's already a thing that exists because these people don't deserve these kinds of rights in a lot of ways and and and, and they're not when they have access a, to them they're elsewhere. not the same class they're not the same class of people as the accused they're not going to lose something depending on how the trial goes they're and, not going to suffer because if if the trial finds out that no we can't throw this guy in prison or something then it's like well sorry um you don't have a right to complain about that shit Unless somebody, unless there's been some grave miscarriage of justice or something, because no, it was not enough that we could say very confidently that this person did it. And that's more important, I'm sorry, than protecting victims. Because, you know what, a victim had something bad happen to them, and that's bad. I don't like most crimes that are, have victims, but, it's not cool. But what I'm saying but is... But it's a lot worse for society to say, you don't get your freedom, or you don't get your life then it is to say that something bad happened to you you know i'm sorry something bad happened to people and and that's not the government that did the bad thing to you most of the time you know so it's like it's just it's just not comparable you can't act like it's the same thing and that's what this claims it's just wrong it's just wrong headed yeah and okay. what, I, what what i was trying to say was that in 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 the civil court you have a much lower burden as the plaintiff you only have to prove normally by a preponderance, which is yeah. a much lower limit. So you have even <clears throat> more rights and you have to prove even less. And so that's why this doesn't make any sense because it's just incorporating parts of the civil law into the criminal law. And those two things are oil and water. Anyway, moving on. 798. Yes, 798. The last constitutional change, if I'm recalling correctly. Uh, it's the governor and lieutenant governor joint ticket amendment. Um, Oklahoma's constitution, as I'm sure you all know is super populist. Oklahomans fucking hate the government. They distrust it. Um, yeah, yeah. Just because when, they, when they're writing yeah, it, they're yeah. like, big fucking companies are fucking us over. Fucking dickhole big companies. That's, that's decentralized yeah, yeah. power so that they can't take over. And what this anyway. would do is require that the governor, just like in presidential elections, the governor and lieutenant governor run together. That's all it would do. It's constitutional change. I don't particularly care either way. I don't mind that they run differently because... What the lieutenant governor's job is, is wait for the governor to die. That's the only actual job they have. Um, there are Pretty some true. Other jobs. No, well, there are some other jobs that they do legally have, right? Um, the biggest one is just like the uh, vice president. They preside over the Oklahoma State Senate. but And then they cast tie-breaking votes. But um, how I say, I thought they politics had a tie -break. work... Yes, but let me. How Oklahoma's politics matter. have worked in the past. Whenever there was actually the one time in Oklahoma state history this has ever happened, I think it was two thousand four to two thousand eight. Um, there was a, an even split in the Oklahoma state Senate, and uh, the tiebreak vote never came up with the lieutenant governor because the Senate has a system, just like at the U.S. at the federal level. There's a president pro temp that runs the Senate. Then the majority leader is the person who sets the agenda. Um, and in Oklahoma State Senate, they say, yeah, sure, you have a tie-breaking vote, but you don't use that. We instead will deal with it internally. And so they don't even exercise that right. Even when Oklahoma had uh, an even split on the, on the parties, 
The state Senate figured out how to do it themselves, and the lieutenant governor never cast a tie-breaking vote because the Senate says, no, we're independent from you, and that's not how this works. So the one big job they have that actually could affect anything is not something they do just because of our political norms. Nobody's complaining. Nobody's going to change that. Um, and then the rest of the stuff, essentially, it's a position where you campaign for governor, and then, like Todd Land, you lose because you're an idiot and you're tied to the worst governor in the country. Um, so, you know, go vote how you want. Um, I'm probably going to vote no for it just because I think it's cool that we get to split that vote. I like that, you know, it but could, it doesn't really It could potentially matter. lead to tomfoolery, and I always, I always vote to expand well, what we can vote on over, <laughs> uh, over minimizing <laughs> what we can vote on. I always want more options. Even with tomfoolery, it's like, just because the lieutenant governorship is so... Um, low powered, and because the one real power they have, uh, the state senate has basically said you can fuck off with that shit if you want to fuck with us. And because of the composition of the state senate right now, it will never happen that it comes to a tie-breaking vote, anyways. Because the state senate, you know, the state senate unanimously passed the teacher pay raise and the tax package that went along with it. So it's just, it's just a non-issue. So like, let's just keep it different. It'd be fun to have a Democratic governor and a Republican lieutenant governor. I think that'd be fun. You know, that'd be cool. And it's cool that we have that. Uh, but moving on to the next one, um, state question 800, the oil and gas development tax revenue investment fund amendment. Whoa. This, uh, my power just flickered. There's Tulsa. Hello? You're there. Um, but yeah, okay. Continuing. <laughs> um, uh, I was wrong. Actually, this is also a constitutional amendment. What this would do would set aside 4% of the tax revenue gained from the gross production tax for uh, essentially a rainy day fund, right? Oklahoma already has a rainy day fund. Um, so it's kind of questionable. I but we, it, it, I thought we spent that it, on like Mary Fallon's like, daughter's it, trailer. It, it doesn't rain. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, I... The fund. Okay, that's not that's not what a rainy day fund. It's for when. God damn it! I hate both of you. Oh, uh -huh. so useless. Um, it hasn't rained we... in like two or three days. Did they use it in those two or three days when it wasn't raining, or did they use it earlier when it was raining? It sounds like it's a FEMA plot raining. to me. I don't yeah, really yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, it's for FEMA camps. It's actually damn it! For no, FEMA. you can't make that joke. I was gonna make a white genocide joke, but then I would have to cut it. Damn. <laughs> Mayo side. Um, so <laughs> the whole idea here is um, to set aside this money to do an investment fund that would make money over the long term that we could put back into the general revenue fund so that Oklahoma's um, is, its state tax revenue is not as dependent on what it used to be dependent on, what it is dependent on right now, which is the oil market. The oil market, we all know, fluctuates insanely wildly. It's not, it's not good. It's not healthy. Um, but we kind of already have stuff to do it. Um, that's not, so that's kind of a problem. And it would also take money away from other stuff we need. And like we've reported here multiple times, uh, we deeply underfund every single core service. And so maybe it's kind of not good to take that money away, but at the same time, it would be good if we could have some money for when, you know, <laughs> oil prices drop. So it's kind of, I don't know. I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? 
Yeah, I mean, I want it. I always want a tax on on big big oil. But it's not a tax. It doesn't change taxes on oil. It just changes where well, the money goes. Where the money goes, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yes. I, I mean, I'm like, voting it, yes. like it really matters where like that they're not going to be able to somehow reroute the money somewhere else. Yeah, so I they'll mean, they'll spend it on whatever. If they won't. It's a constitutional seems... amendment. Um, so it's the same problem we had with um, the the optometrist and optrician one, where it's like they can't really change it that much, um, which is a good thing here. But mm. well, I would always like to set back money. So right. We'll yeah, yes. and and I like the idea. The biggest problem I have with it is that we know like. <clears throat> There are other things that money could be getting used for that I think could be better, like creating some kind of like Alaskan fund where we just get the oil money. But at the same time, maybe it could be good. I don't know. I'm I, I still haven't reached out on it yet, and I think that's okay. I think it's okay for the show to say Adam for you to say yes, and then for the show to say, eh, this one, this one. I think we can leave to the voters to decide. You know what I mean? Sure. Moving on. Last one. Yeah. Last one. State question eight oh one. This one competes with me with the optomet with the optometrist one for worst state question, like most evil state question. Um, state question eight oh one um, would allow certain local voter approved property taxes, known as ad valorem levies, to be used to fund school district operations as well as construction. At the moment, a certain amount of ad valorem taxes have to go to maintenance. Uh, maintenance, capital improvement, that kind of thing for schools, right? Um, the reason that's important is because that means that schools, for example, can't take that money and hire new teachers instead of repairing the roof or something, right? Instead, they have to spend it. Sometimes that means they have to build a new state, a new football stadium while they're having trouble retaining teachers, but sometimes that means that they're having trouble retaining teachers and they're having trouble retaining um, uh, keeping their buildings up to date and, well, this way, they at least have they have some money that they know has to be spent on that. The really big problem, the really big deal with this issue, is that it's a way for the legislature to chicken shit its way out of teacher pay raises because it would essentially let them say, look, you all have this money you can use now. You have gained all this new money that before you couldn't use for teachers, and now you want to fucking complain you can pay your teachers more. You have that option, huh? Um, and... The second it gets passed, what's going to happen, <laughs> since it doesn't change the amount of money going to schools, is that it's going to put poorer schools that don't get good ad valorem taxes, which are the vast majority of Oklahoma schools, it's going to put them in a situation where they have to choose between, do we fix the roof now? Yeah. Because it's not doing that bad. are paying your shit. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It, it, it basically takes the, the responsibility of the legislature to fund education, and that's them say, oh, but the schools could decide to pay their teachers more. Um, because teacher pay has decided to 23rd and Lincoln and it would let them say, now it's not now you need to talk to your school district instead of complaining to us. So I think it's a way for them to get out of criticism. Um, I'm very unhappy about it. I think, I think it's one of the most chicken shit things anybody has ever tried to do. And it's them getting ready for the walkout that's going to happen in 2019. Whenever, you know, the teachers are going to come again because they're going to be like, you didn't fucking do anything for us, you assholes. You all said you were going to do stuff and you didn't. And then they're going to say, oh, but it's your school board's fault. It's it's bad. It's a bad question and it should not pass. Well, 
I, I, I have to find myself agreeing with you again, Mr. Roberts. But uh, I'm going to let you rush us right on into the conservative reading list for the week. Yes. Uh, the That well of life for Red Star over Oklahoma, the Oklahoma editorial board, uh, decided to write about prescription drug costs. Very have we noticed any uh, we noticed any differences between them and uh, their under their new management? Or are they still? You think that they're still the same writers? I don't know. It kind of feels like the same writers. I don't know. I didn't really notice. I didn't notice that much. We need to get an inside man inside of the Oklahoma to kind of figure out what's uh, what's going on. Just Adam, to... go work. Go work for the Oklahoman. You do have a journalist degree. Guys, if they ever found out what I no. what I did, holy shit! Would... No, Adam, you have to go work for them because then we can everybody can mail the Oklahoma and shit because we'll just mail it to you. <laughs> no, shut up! <laughs> everybody, mail Adam shit. Adam, what's your address? <laughs> Say it out loud. <laughs> One two three A B C Lane. You didn't even do four twenty sixty nine Street. Come on, that's my zip. God, I hate you. <laughs> Wait, that could that's an actual zip. I know. That is, yeah. Oh, I, I gotta figure out. Okay, back to the Oklahoman. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is called "On Bringing Down Prescription Drug Costs," and it was published on Monday, October twenty second. That's today because we recorded this show a bit later than we normally do because we're bums. Fuck you. Don't complain. Um, they start well. One problem with the cost and availability of prescription drugs lies in the regulatory arena. The solution to the problems of cost and availability of prescription drugs also lies in the regulatory arena. Banalities. Useful state. Utterly, utterly not. It's like if there's a problem with how we regulate drugs, then the solution would be to change regulations. Um, But for some reason, they ask this question. How can both statements be true? Like most things in the political world, problems and solutions are in the eye of the beholder. Pharmaceuticals are part of the political world because politicians have put them there, either by calling out quote-unquote price gouging or demanding greater regulation of big pharma, or encouraging price controls. Now, <laughs> I don't know if you all remember this story, but there was, uh... a, <laughs> there was a woman who worked for the company that makes EpiPens that lobbied Congress to pass a law requir- requiring all schools to have EpiPens, and then once the law passed, jacked up the price by like a thousand percent. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I, of course I remember that. <laughs> so it's like... Um, they actively do price gouging and have no shame about it. <laughs> this is just so, a- wait, wait. Pharmaceuticals are part of the political world because politicians have put them there. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what they think politics is. Like, what is I- politics to them if not like how we distribute resources in society? I don't really and know. <laughs> also, also, I another one is that problems and solutions are in the eye of the beholder. What does that mean? Nothing, like most of what they yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, again, useless banalities. <laughs> Jesus. Like, I don't I don't perceive my problems, therefore they're not. I don't perceive your problems, therefore they're not problems. Well, it's like sometimes, yeah, problems in politics are in the eye of the bowl. They're like, it's not a problem that trans people use bathrooms. I'm sorry, it's just not. Um other times problems are not in the eye of the beholder like it's a problem that people regularly die because their GoFundMe doesn't make enough for their insulin like that is a problem that's not a the people died um it's that's problem oh god (laughs) but they move on to a pretty pretty uh pretty spicy some pretty spicy takes here 
Overregulation of pharmaceuticals contributes to this problem. Patients benefit from the expensive process of new drug development and testing. This assumes the process yields a drug that actually comes to the market. Now, here, the, it is actually a problem in the eye of the beholder if we just funded state universities to do this research, like public universities. It would not be expensive process. There would not be an expensive process dependent on a drug getting to the market. It wouldn't matter. You know, just like this, they're just doing research. That's how we get drugs. We just pay for research because it's good for society. Gone. So they came up with this problem, actually. They did. Um, but then they, then they get to the, the hot stuff, you know, the kind of stuff that, like, you put on your street tacos and you eat it and then you know you're going to have diarrhea later. This is the spicy stuff, okay? Recovering the cost of development and testing is a prime reason that some drugs cost so much. Putting price controls on drugs is a disincentive for big pharma to develop new products. But bringing drugs to the market too soon, as some patients and their advocates urge, is risky. Yeah, they need more money to, like, pay off all the people they've undergone testing with. Like, I, I get it. Well, also, like, <laughs> uh, putting price controls on drugs is a disincentive for big pharma to develop new products. No, it's a disincentive, like, for profit. I don't know why we think people should be making money off other people being sick. Like, that seems kind of wrong to me, you know? That we, somebody has to, like, get an extra boat out of other people being ill. And then the second one, but bringing drugs to the market too soon is some patients and their advocates urge is risky. I don't know anybody who advocates for that other than people that are just dying anyway and want to get tested on like, because yo, it might help them. Hit me, hit me with whatever you got. It's like it's <laughs> it's it's objectively bad to bring drugs to the market not knowing what they will do. That's that's not a good thing. We should just no, it's not, not do that. Haven't you heard about Oxycontin? It's a <laughs> it's a it's a um non-addictive uh alternative everything. to heroin. It's yeah, gonna, it's, it's the, gonna the, revolutionize the, our country. There's gonna be no more heroin addiction. There's gonna be no more opium addiction. <laughs> Do you remember? Oh, wait, did you hear about fentanyl? Ah, there yeah, he goes, uh, my no, boy. Wait, wait, no, fuck you. Have fuck you heard of fentanyl? It will make all of these cokeheads overdose and kill them all to rid them of our society. <laughs> Do you all remember what um, heroin was marketed as in the late 1800s when they discovered it? This is not a joke. Uh, a a non-addictive form of morphine. Non-addictive opium. Opium. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> um, let's keep reading them, though, because I kind of talk about this, right? Pharmaceutical companies and the Food and Drug Administration are often caught in the vice of, on the one hand, there's that Oklahoma editorial great writing, like putting an inje injecting something in between <laughs> a preposition and its object. <laughs> also, don't use cliches in your writing. Oh, my God. D yeah, don't. It's not that high. It's not that hard. Like I you learned that say, in ninth grade. It's it's guys. I'm, I I hate to be your editor, but don't use cliches in your writing, especially not yeah. Like Carl said, in the middle of a dependent clause. Yeah. Editorial <laughs> like you board. Just said, you could just cut it out. It would be the exact. You could same use thing. it a pre as a prepositional phrase at the beginning, and I wouldn't even be that upset. But you yeah, didn't. the sentence would flow so much better. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but they don't know the AP style guide. They only got this job because. Um, they're fucking. They're in the frat with that their grandpa There's was in. No and, journalists in frats, bud. Uh, the they Oklahoma are all weak elbows, khaki wearing, milk toast. There, like uh, me. Getting drugs to market too soon to ensure safety and comma on the other, regulating the development process so tightly that drugs are kept from the market, which is like again, 
<laughs> if the drugs can't go on the market because they're not safe, they shouldn't be on the market. Full stop. Like this is not a problem. There's not a vice here. There's not. There's not a rock on a hard place. Uh, to to use a flourish, the Oklahoma editorial board. I'm sure will appreciate when they don't listen to this episode. Um, like <laughs> drugs should be regulated heavily. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but here's another here's another classic like news person bullshit move that they do. So what's the prescription? For cost and availability problems in the pharmaceutical world. <laughs> the fuck you. I'm sorry. That What's so the prescription? Huh? Oh, I, um, I want to just have a quiet, like, I know you make your threats about doo-doo and you make your dirty little jokes. But what I would give to take one of these articles, actually a stack of them, just highlighted red pinned and annotated and just just have a quiet sit down with their actual editorial board of 65 year old milk toast and just watch them melt as my greasy haired socialism explains to them that they don't know how fucking commas work or how to quote things or embed links or just you know make sentences right. that aren't dumb as fuck but yeah, how but do you chemotherapy this problem, Adam? <laughs> no, I'm uh, really hoping the climate does it for me. <laughs> we're gonna find out. The um, climate is my answer. Here's how. Here's how they answer the problem. Former Oklahoma Senator Tom Coburn, a medical doctor, has this to say: "It's no secret that competition is the key to balancing costs, access, and innovation." Now. <laughs> is that the I word? <laughs> yeah, innovation. I, I just, I don't. <laughs> it's like that classic tweet, you know, where it's like, hi, doctor, five heart surgeries, please. And then the doctor says, because of socialism, I must comply. Like, <laughs> people don't buy. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. The five year wait line is over there. Thanks, socialism. <laughs> Also, like, that's what happens for can like kidney patients today. Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> you have to wait on a heart transplant list now. What, well, what is the this reason, fucking hyperbole? Well, th no, no, no. The heart surgery joke is that you need some kind of normal heart surgery, like an aortic valve replacement, where it's like there's no wait time because you just get them off cows. It's fine. Um, and it's the joke <laughs> is that people are getting health services they don't need. No one does that. In fact, we we know in single payer healthcare systems that. For certain groups of the population, they don't go to the doctor as much because they stop being hypochondriacs. And not only that, but preventative medicine is literally a million yeah, times better, better for um, doing things yeah. than trauma care. The other thing we know is that, you know, you're not like, yeah, I need, I want to, I know I need one heart surgery doctor, but can we get like three for fun? No one does that. Well, I think you don't the, go to the doctor the more... and you're like, hey, doctor, I want... I want five of these pills and make me like uh, poop water for three weeks. Because Turn me into I, a I, fucking cyborg, Carl. Yeah, b because because I like broke my toe open and have to clear out the infection. on the government's like, you don't dime want that. immediately. <laughs> I, I think the two slightly. Like, <laughs> I think the two slightly more reasonable examples are the uh, the constant uh, shopper of uh, plastic surgery. Uh, which I think can be a, yeah, is, is, yeah. is a pretty no, good. No, that's a commodity like, good, like but that would not be. example. <laughs> but the other one I can think of, is, but 
the problem with it is that it requires a bit of conspiratorial thought, and that is that these hypochondriacs that you talked about, like, in, like while they might get better, there will be healthy people who, from the side effects of these rushed drugs, will become sick and will be given more drugs, and then will be on this, you know, terrible cycle yeah, within, and they'll just make like... a dependent system within it. But again, that's a pretty bold statement to make about the entire medical industry. Because it would have it, like it, it would require right yeah it would it, where, yeah yeah where exactly. pharmaceutical companies push doctors to sell drugs and give them bonuses for prescribing drugs for things that they're not approved to deal with so they'll make money it's not like that's a problem that exists right now because it's a market based industry instead of one where it's like you have a health problem maybe we should deal with your health problem and so it's just it's just idiotic like it's not a market there's not a marketplace no one is like oh you know oh I'm I decided to, to break my arm and now I need to go to the free market to solve it. Um, no, you fucking idiots. You go to the doctor because you need help with a specific issue and then you're you supposed have to, to solve pay it. That's the whole fire, point. You should have to pay your firefighters and they should have a wage lowered to compensate for <clears throat> tips as a part of their pay. Also, their <laughs> tips should be taxed. I think I just yes, offended everyone in the um. country. I really think I... Oh, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And we'll get rid of Social Security. I just made everyone <laughs> in the country mad, Carl. I just made everyone in the country mad. But but let's read the next line because this is this is the most galaxy brain like this just does not make sense in the context they're talking about argument. They say they say this generic drug approval should be expedited by the FDA rather than controlling prices. Mandate comprehensive price disclosures to aid consumer choice. Number one, if you make generic drugs get approved, all of a sudden everything you've said about research and innovation goes away because yep. you're not going to buy from the big pharma company that spent uh, 25% of the cost researching it to buy the rights off the university that actually did the fucking work, right? You're not going to, and, and all of a sudden it's going to, the prices will go down because, oh, you don't have to pay this company the big fucking profits. It's just a cutthroat race to see who can produce it the cheapest. And like, that's better, honestly, for everybody in terms of delivering healthcare. I'm sorry. It's but we just could also just better. take the profit motive out of it and just not have these fucking issues. Like we could also yeah. just, we could also just treat this like oh let's like let's treat it like the space race we didn't we didn't build rockets with the idea of well this rocket will be the most cost effective way to get to the moon like well, efficiency actually, actually, well efficiency back on that a bit because we did do the space race to figure out which rocket would be the most well, efficient at turning moscow into a sheet of glass like that <laughs> <laughs> but like there is an efficiency of, discussion in all of and that. That wasn't a profit motive. It's yeah, true. but like there's an efficiency motive there too. But it's not like they were cutting corners either. They were well, probably going and, out and, of their way to make their rocket more efficient. Like in the way you're talking about. And we know for a fact that single payer systems where you say, "Here's the fucking price for this. You're gonna pay it, and if you can't make a profit doing it, we're fucking sorry. We're gonna start making it ourselves." Actually, works in healthcare. Um, it actually happened in Maryland. Maryland told. Um, some hospitals, you have to stay open and these are the prices you will pay so that they wouldn't lose rural hospitals. And they were like, that's that's the price. We're using the Medicare system to force you to do this. And what do you fucking know? Those hospitals are still open and they run. And they're privately run hospitals, which is fucked up and should not be how it works. But they make money because they figured it out. In Japan, the Japanese government said, this is how much money we will pay for an MRI scan. That's how much it's going to be. Y'all are going to have to figure out how to get an MRI machine that's affordable for that process. And if you don't figure it out, sorry, you're going to have to take this money. And you know what they did? They created an MRI machine that lets them still function 
and meet their bottom line. You know how that works here in the U.S. right now? MRI machines don't do any fucking innovation. A hospital buys it knowing that in two years they'll pay off the bill for it and they'll just print money for it with it. That's fucked up. That's just wrong. Innovation actually gets driven whenever you say, here are the rules you have to follow. And if you don't follow, I'm sorry, you can fucking die. You can, you, your company can die. It's that simple. That's what works. And then this shit, rather than controlling prices, mandate comprehensive price disclosures to aid consumer choice. I'm sorry. That's just a Trump talking line, number one. Number two, how does that aid consumer choice? If I need insulin and I get to go on the fucking market website like it's fucking Obamacare. This is an Obamacare thing. I'm not going to compare the insulin prices and be like, oh, this insulin uh, comes with a uh, it's it's the it's the um, like the Goldmeister Jaeger of insulin. It's got gold flakes in it. No, I want the fucking insulin. OK, I don't want to spend any. I don't I, I don't want to die. Jaeger. I want the Jaeger insulin, sir. Can I have the yeah. Goldschlager <laughs> insulin? Yeah, the gold, that's exactly the gold slugger insulin. You know, that's what it sounds. It's stupid. It's so it's mind-numbingly and, idiotic. And before you continue with the article, if I may say, one of the other problems with that is that if you allow for a market, there will always be a separate market for the rich. And yeah, so every time. it will exclusively perpetuate that problem if you if you allow there to be any market. So the answer has to be a single-payer system yeah not just not just a single-payer system but like included in that single-payer system college university funding for research that produces these drugs um and just entirely taking any form of fucking money grubbing out of the healthcare system saying oh 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 pfizer you want to make some money okay fuck you you're gonna go bankrupt and figuring out how to take the normal employees that do the normal work there and move them into a system that actually helps people instead of making some pfizer exec a shit ton of money while the researchers are getting underpaid and they're just buying and and they're outsourcing their research to public universities that we already pay for so that they can sell us back the product that they discovered at the public university at a much higher price because didn't you forget somebody has to make a fucking buck for this system to work god i hate it um continue Tim Rice, Deputy Director of Health Policy for the Manhattan Institute, says striking the right balance between innovation and access requires, quote, policies that encourage competition, not more regulations that let the government interfere with private industry. Here's a way to encourage competition. Say, here's your price. Figure out who can make it. Figure out who can make it profitable for you. That's a way to encourage competition. Yeah, you can have a around that. Like, not more regulations that let the government interfere with private industry? I'm sorry, this is not private industry. My neighbor's health is my concern. My health is my concern. It's not. Well, and it's this the same... is not guitar making. You know, this is not something that people don't need. This kills people. Well, it's the same I'm fallacy sorry. with, like, net neutrality and with all of the, the things that go on with, um, you know, internet providers, is that public money, public tax money, funded the construction of all of the, of all of those systems. And so, and not only that, but it they still funded funds the drug they, research. They, they fund like, well. I mean, and they funded all the research that created all of the computers that did most of that. I mean, I know Steve Jobs and Bill Gates were out there, but trust me, the DoD did a lot more than they ever thought could have thought of doing. No, they they made it. They they made it. All all that other shit is bullshit. And and the other thing too here, like I'm sorry, I don't trust private industry. Private industry, if it's going to make a profit, wants to cut corners. That's the whole idea is cutting as many corners as they can. Like, I don't want my health care having its corners cut. I want some extra fat on top in my health care that goes into my services. I'm sorry. I would that would be cool if my doctor got paid a bit extra, you know, like that's good. I would rather see that 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 and would help me not not that some goddamn idiot who just bought a stock in Pfizer 
you know, mix in a little bit of fentanyl that they bought off the black market with their opioids so that they can get by. Like, it's stupid. Continue. Okay, let's keep reading. Still quoting. The more we can empower drug companies to compete with one another to see who can provide the best medicine to the most patients at the lowest price, Rice says, the better off American health consumers will be. We already talked about this. They didn't need to include this in the article. It's just a waste of space. He already made the point. They already made the point earlier. It's just stupid. Um, Too often, politicians react to the moves of the true bad actors in the drug industry by demanding price restraints. Price controls come with serious consequences. With too many barriers to recouping their investment investments, Rice says, pharma companies will stop taking risks and innovation will suffer. According to Rice, in most cases, price gouging isn't the cause of high drug prices. It's the lack of competition. Ooh, you know what causes the lack of competition? Uh, monopoly. Capitalism fights for monopoly because it's the only way the company is profitable. And you want to know what the drug industry is? It's a monopoly industry. That's the whole point. The whole point I love the you... board games. Like, board they talk games. about this shit where they're like, we go to drive innovation. It's like, oh, you know what? Drive innovation if we did away with intellectual property rights. Because these companies know that for 75 years, they get to make a fat goddamn buck off the fact that they invested. And they control the price because no one else can make the drug. That's the whole point. This system doesn't work. In any of the ways that these people describe, and these people get paid huge sums of money to talk about it. Oh, so continue. Finish your out. No doubt, price controls would lower the cost of existing medications, but they would also staunch the flow of new medications into the market. Yesterday's quote-unquote miracle drug is today's generic medication sold at low cost. Getting from the miracle miracle stage to, to the generic stage doesn't happen by osmosis. It starts with the taking of risk, something too few Democrats in Congress are familiar with. Um, number one, I agree with that. Democrats in Congress don't have a spine and take no risks. But again, like we could just fund public universities and we would solve this problem. That's already how it works because in the seventies, we said you can buy the rights for publicly funded research as a private company, and then you can monopolize the production of it and make money out. So no, it's just, it's just, it's just such idiotic lack of understanding of what's going on to finish out the article. This is the funniest thing I've ever read, honestly, by them. Their anti-big pharma rhetoric, if turned into policy, won't solve problems. Instead, it will create them. Like, who is in the corner for big pharma except for big pharma executives and lobbyists? Everyone hates pharmaceutical companies. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, big pharma and their lobbyists, you know? (laughs) Jeez. Well, that's a a humdinger (laughs) of an article right there. I'm sure if you, like, polled people on how do you feel about pharmaceutical companies, they'd be like, we should murder all of their executives. That would be the general feeling of, like, 80% we of should, You know how you see all of those, like, memes <laughs> to eat corporate executives? I bet you you would put pharmaceutical companies' executives on the top, you know, or at the very least, you know, the ones that people – like. Well, I mean, you say that, but how many have you actually eaten? I'm saying to legitimately get people to cannibalize these people. I think that pharmaceutical companies make a really good argument. Well, as always, you can check us out at Twitter at Red Star Over OK. Our subreddit is our Red Star Over Oklahoma. You can check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. If you want to give any cultured response to what Parker just said, which I am not attempting to do, uh, or leave no, us a no, no, comment, no. a question, a complaint, or a concern. You can send it at redstaroverok at gmail.com. As always, tell your friends and rate and review on iTunes. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great week. Bye.